Get on a trip, get on a mandate, get on. Welcome to the best hour or so in the universe. It's reasonable doubt. I'm Adam Carolla. That's Mark. Hard out. Soft taco. Garagas. And boy, today, really, I earned my nickname. Not only do I have a hard out, I I was actually hand on the door of the car to come there to see you. And then all hell broke loose. Well, business is business. We get it. Uh, there's lots going on. Boy, in there the- sure is in the world. You know, the, um, I told Gary, we can always do a Murdoch update, but this week is really, we've been between Hunter Biden, between everything Trump, between the Murdoch case and between, there's also Gary, you may find there's this other video that's making the rounds on a school bus that uh, is kind of bizarre. I mean, what what strikes your fancy? Where well, we- I, I wanted I was watching the Hunter Biden situation and I always form questions and I think, oh, I'm going to talk to Mark and I'll, I'll find that out. So maybe we can check off some of those question marks I had in my head based on some information I had heard, which is so, so- before you go into what you've heard. Can I play something? Because this will fire you up. Yes. Can I fire you up? Yes. Okay. Gary, do you have a 60 minutes clip to just see if we can light a fire under him? Honestly. And you think it's the biggest issue to campaign on? I think it's this I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen. And you don't cover it. Because you want to talk about well because it can't be verified. You want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things. I'm telling you. Of course it can be verified. Excuse we, me. We they found the laptop. Leslie, Leslie. What can't be verified? The laptop. Why do you say that? Because Even the family hasn't. The family on the laptop. He's gone into hiding for five days. He's gone into hiding. He's preparing for your debate. Oh, it's taken him five days to prepare. I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So let's get back to the name. Yeah, she can't. Okay. Okay, a million things. I, you when know, it's funny. All, it's funny. Okay, I was thinking about this. You want to know why? I'll tell you why I was thinking about this, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you globally how this is going to work. And Mark, I know uh, Kaepernick's your client, so you may want to just hang back during this diatribe. <laughs> but I'm going to bring it all together, right? I'm bringing it all together. Tie all the loose threads. I'm tying together. all the loose threads. Leslie Stahl. 10 minutes ago was talking to Fatima Brown Jackson or whatever Biden's new uh, intersectional black woman who's in head of nutrition uh, in the United States. And she was explaining to Leslie Stahl that diet and exercise really didn't work. Like even even if you had a strict diet and strict exercise, there's really nothing you can do about it. Still going to be morbidly obese. And Leslie Stahl sat there and she buttoned her fucking lip. She bit her lip and she just sat there and she went, oh, well, and she gave looks like her face was like, really? Diet and exercise? But, I, but she didn't, no follow-up questions, no pushback. Now, 
This is why you need to hire a black woman to be interviewed by Leslie Stahl, because Leslie Stahl is old and white and progressive. And if you put a black woman in front of her and the black woman says kooky ass things, she will not say a fucking word because she doesn't want to be called a racist or not down with the cause or or whatever it is. You put Donald Trump in front of her. He will bring up things that are factual and she'll be go, no, we can't. There's another clip of where she keeps interrupting him like, no, 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 we can't interfere there. So there's a definite difference between the way you interview certain people. And by the way, if I was if I was putting together my cabinet and I had administration, I'd be like, if you're not black or Latinx or gay or transitioning or, or in a wheelchair, don't bother. Don't even, I don't want to see your app. I don't want to see your bio. I will hire only those people. And then when white people interview them, they will be scared shitless to push back on anything for fear of being called a racist. So that's what I learned from that interview. What's the name of this defense project that they've got where they want to create a dome? You've heard this? Iron Dome? Are you talking about Israel? Well, Or are you talking about space? Well, I was going to just take it as a defense equivalent of your ideological dome. So we're we're under a your I guess your thesis is, is that you can create an ideological or journalistic dome from which you can't penetrate uh, if you're under the dome. Well, Gary can find the Wolf Blitzer, Adam Ship, Adam, who I last heard speaking in Mark's backyard. Who, by the way, about six years ago, it's interesting you say that. I was taken aback this week. I thought on this calculation, Adam announced for Senate after Katie Porter announced for Senate because everybody is circling Dianne Feinstein because I don't think I, I think the Democratic Party after we've reelected her like six times and she's uh, you know poor thing is I I don't revel well, by in the it. way it's not just politicians it's buzzards circling Dianne Feinstein she may not be with us um so yeah so I will, she- I'll play you this look here's the whole point um CNN and or 60 minutes do not employ Enough journalists to figure out whether a laptop exists or not? Or well, yeah, are you shilling for the Democrats? 50, there was over 50 intelligence officers who signed a declaration saying it's not true. It has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. Right. But what who I'm saying to, is, is... Who are you to doubt the experts? All right. So that's Leslie Stahl. But let's hear Wolf Blitzer bringing his A-game from his journalistic integrity department. Federal authorities, including the FBI, are investigating whether recently published emails that purport to deal uh, to, to detail, I should say, the business dealings of Joe Biden's son, Hunter, are connected to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort targeting the Biden campaign in the days leading up to the election. Let's discuss with the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Congressman Adam Schiff. Uh, Congressman, thanks so much for joining us. Does it surprise you at all that this information Rudy Giuliani is peddling uh, very well could be connected to some sort of Russian government disinformation campaign? Well, we know that this whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. Uh, That's been clear for well over a year now that they've been pushing this uh, false narrative about the vice president and his son. Uh, And, you know, the idea that the president, um, that the White House counsel and others were made aware 
that Giuliani was being used by Russian intelligence uh, and using Russian intelligence in the sense of meeting with an agent of the Kremlin and pushing out this Kremlin All right. false narrative. Uh, here, listen, I, I know what knowing. Adam, stop it. I know what Adam Schiff is doing. He's lying. What's Wolf Blitzer doing? What's Leslie Stahl doing? What are they doing? Are they journalists? No. What, they're no. not. That's it. We're done. We're done with I, journalism. Right. Well, I, I, there's nobody who can say, um, I think, that anything that passes for the cheerleading, and I'm, uh, I'm the guy who will say it happens on both sides, The just ask some questions. Just pretend like it's a cross-examination. And you can't always rely on the... This is one of the things, you know, and it happens on Twitter and it happens in arguments and people will say, I'll say something about a case. And then the immediate response is, well, you represented Scott Peterson. Oh, well, that's not a non sequitur. Or somebody will say, well, that's Russian disinformation. And how do you know it? Because I'm an intelligence expert. Well, that's not a logical response. It's a non sequitur. You want to ask questions as to what is the basis for that. I don't get to, you know, it would be very similar to a, the prosecution putting an expert on the stand and the guy will go through his a wonderful resume, right? And tell the jury, I did this. I did that. And then you just, what do you do? You just say, okay, what's your opinion? The guy gives the opinion and you never cross-examine. You don't test it. You just say, oh, you've got that wonderful resume. Therefore, I will suspend all rationality. Well, the question I did want to ask you had to do with now Hunter Biden has lawyered up and they're attacking anyone who spreads any of the information from the computer that doesn't exist, according to Wolf Blitzer and Leslie Stahl. And he is now saying you spread anything off of this computer, which has fucked up a lot of the news agencies because your lawyer is proving the existence of the computer by telling anyone who has the computer and the information on the computer is going to get in trouble. They spread out. But the legal question I wanted to ask you, it's it's legal and it's ethical. The guy who has the computer has it dropped off at his shop. Uh, that guy, Mac something, ironically. Mac Isaac. Mac Isaac, John which Paul is always Mac confusing because he dropped the Mac off. That guy... <laughs> Boy, you really don't miss a detail. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, he uh, dropped comedy. his Mac off. It's a Mac repair place. It's made on Mac, but I don't know. Maybe he earned the name Mac. There was prowess of being oh, able to be work on Mac computers. When right. you drop it off, you sign a receipt. By the way, Leslie Stahl, you guys could have found out whether there's a physical receipt for the computer before you labeled it Russian disinformation. But okay, that's a little, that's deep digging. You can never get that far. You're only 60 minutes. You don't have enough employees. All right. Drop off a receipt. When you drop your computer off, you basically sign a thing like you do at a tow yard or something that says, look, if you don't pick this up in three months, it's now ours. The tow yard, the tow yard, owns your suburban if you don't come back in three months and pick it up or whatever the time whatever you've designated the time sign this thing if you don't come back and get it we're taking it or the pawn shop or whatever whatever it is you dropped your guitar off at the pawn shop and you have six months to pick it up otherwise they take possession over it so that's essentially what happened with this computer Now, it doesn't say anything about sharing the contents of the computer or even profiting from the contents of the computer. It just says, we own this computer. 
He never picked it up. He was called, according to McIsaacs, he was he was called repeatedly to, to be told, come get your computer, it's fixed. He never picked it up. Now, I get the fact that the computer is now in the ownership of the guy who has a contract with the guy that said, if it exceeds 90 days, I take ownership of it. Just like it would if you would do that with a with a guitar at a pawn shop. I get that part. But what if the computer has um, Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee sex tape on it? And it's Tommy Lee's and Pam Anderson's computer. Do you get to release that information and or do you get to profit off of that information? So there's a couple of legal questions. I was with you and I had to answer until we got to Pam and Tommy um, because there's a whole different uh, legal question. The first one is who dropped off the computer and why is that important? Um, You asked the Project Veritas guys who were the ones who got the diary of Ashley Biden, for instance, and that was apparently left at a location and then was peddled to the Project Veritas guys. There you've got a journalistic issue and the that's being dealt with in the Southern District. Here, we have to ask the question, you've got to get some kind of an answer to who dropped it off. If it was Hunter Biden, who dropped it off, then you're a lot closer to your analysis. If it was somebody who dropped it off for Hunter Biden, we're still a lot closer to your analysis. If it was somebody who had gotten it, who had no permission, and there basically you'll do some factual stuff. Did this, did Mac at the Mac store get a passcode? Did he get, did he know who it was? Did he get ID? Um, you know, things of that nature. There's fact determination. Then you've got the question of if it was in fact Hunter Biden, then did he waive, because that's what the issue is going to be, the very contents there, uh, in order to, for Mac, to do something with it. And what's happened here, so if people aren't in the weeds, recently, I believe December, so not last month, month before last, uh, Hunter hired or added to his team Abby Lowell. Abby is a very fine lawyer who has represented Jared Kushner in the uh, some of his investigations. He just recently was involved, I forget who he represented, but in the Tom Barak prosecution in the Eastern District where Barack was, uh, Tom Barak was acquitted. I think he represented the co-defendant. He represented Menendez, uh, the senator, when he was charged, got a hung jury. And somebody, if you've got, if you're really in the weeds, will remember he represented John Edwards on that whole thing. Um, so Abby has got a good pedigree, is a, is a top flight lawyer. He's now taken, and I think this is what you're referring to, a more aggressive tact and is saying, basically, I'm assuming this is Hunter's and we're saying, if you use this computer, we're going to come after you. That was our private material. You had no reason to do it. And I'm going to bet that Mac Isaac is the one who is now suing 
and is trying to get Hunter served because he's saying that's defamation. You had said previously, Hunter, that this was not mine or your millions or agents had said it was not mine. Now you're taking the opposite tack. You're saying not only is it mine, but the contents, I've got a right to privacy. Well, there's no uh, dispute that Hunter dropped it off because his signature's on the receipt. So he dropped it off. There's no dispute that after 90 days, it becomes MacIsaac's property. Then the question is, is who are you sharing this with? Well, we got the FBI took it, although they've been slow boating it. And then also, huh, wonder what's taking them so long on that uh, Hunter Biden laptop. Someone should check with the FBI, huh? wonder why it's taken so long for them to look into that. Anyway, that's taken a little while. Then there is um, – and then there's the profit part. Like, to me, I would say, look, if this is his property now, all right, Hunter Biden lap, dropped it off. It's been more than 90 days. He signed an agreement. This guy owns it now. In my world, maybe Hunter Biden could purchase his – thing back after 90 days, just like maybe I could go to the pawn shop in Pasadena and get my guitar back after our 60-day agreement. But it's now his property. The question is, is, all right, so he gives it to the FBI. He gives it to Rudy Giuliani. The question, and he gives it to the world, essentially. Now everybody has access to the information that's on there. But McIsaac still doesn't profit from it, per se. Versus the Pam and Tommy Lee scenario, where if it was the exact same scenario, but it was Pam and Tommy Lee's laptop and their sex tape was on it and somebody sold it to Vivid Video, then they would be profiting off of what is the contents of the of that. And I don't know if that changes the law or not. I think it does. You know, this is I'm way outside my lane in terms of the IP the intellectual property, but I think there would probably be an argument that when you drop off the item, the computer, that the computer could then sheet to the person who is the basically the Bailey or or whoever, uh, whatever you want to characterize in, uh, in that jurisdiction. You get it. You get the um, item itself, which is the computer. However, I think one of the arguments would be was well the computer as a as a device he could repair it he could wipe it he could then do something with it but the items that are on there which there is some expectation of privacy number 1 and that there's some expectation that you're not turning over your computer in order to give somebody access to your innermost uh, property, which is your pictures and your dick pics and things like that, that that is where the line is. That would that would be my argument. I gave him the computer. Yes. If I didn't come back and pick it up in 90 days, he would get the computer, but he doesn't get ownership of the contents of the computer. It's like the pawn shop gets the guitars, but they don't own publishing of the songs that were played on the guitar. If that was somehow intrinsic to the guitar yes. itself. Yeah. yeah. They get the mechanical part of the guitar. Right. You get the, and that's what they're, and presumably um, in the pawn shop situation, they're doing the analysis based on the inanimate object. They're right. not doing 
analysis on what the contents are. It was an, it, it was an it, esoteric it, stretch. I get it, but yeah. uh, an attempt. So now the question is, is I agree with you. So those are pictures and, and a lot of documents and a lot of stuff that's pretty damning about Ukraine and Burisma and dad and, you know, 10% for the big guy. There's a bunch of damning shit. Now, could somebody argue that, it, you know, whenever this thing gets into a courtroom or if it does, that you could say that's inadmissible, that yeah. th- that uh-huh. anything that was on that computer other than stickers on the outside of the computer is not admissible because he essentially made a deal that he would keep the hardware of the computer, not the intellectual property that was inside the computer. Well, that's exactly why I think Abby Lowell is setting this up for a, he must believe that there is some, um, I don't want to call it a threat, but there is exposure. So what do you do if there's exposure? He's got no standing, that's the legal term, to assert something over the, to to get to a point where you ask for suppression. Why do you need standing? Because the judge doesn't just give hypothetical, you, you don't get to wrap yourself up in the protections of the Fourth Amendment if it's not your item. But, you but what about if the FBI is in possession of it? And same thing. How did they get it? What did you have standing to challenge how they got it? And you don't even get to that question unless you say this is mine. But what if we say there are national security implications? Then all that would do is potentially the government would invoke SEPA, which is the classified um, uh, act. And then under Article 5 of SEPA, you would go through some rigmarole. That wouldn't directly have an impact on the initial hurdle. The initial hurdle is, is this something that Hunter Biden can assert a standing over in order to challenge how the government got the material? That's why we've had this complete 180. That's why before... You know, when it was just a political calculation, you could just say it's disinformation. Now that there is a criminal implication, you've got to take ownership of it in order to challenge the admissibility of it. So we have the emails or the declarations written by Abby. I think you're saying Lowell, but it's all all well. We no, it's no. Nope, we got a spelling error in here. It's Abby Lowell for sure. <laughs> OK, well, you worked on it for a minute. Huh? All right. Get shit together. All right. Here we go. So what we've uh, what we've got here the the letters that he initially sent to the various attorneys general and, and stuff are very long and dense but at the end of it he came out with a clarification that we're going to show on screen here it reads these letters do not confirm Mac Isaac or others version of a so-called laptop they address their conduct of seeking manipulating and disseminating what they allege to be Mr Biden's personal data wherever they claim to have gotten it Abby Lowell Right. Exactly. There, right. was, there, was an, there was an earlier release where they said his laptop and then somebody tapped him on the shoulder and said, we're not acknowledging that that exists. Remember, did you see the Leslie Stahl interview or have you been to the Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer? These guys are crack reporters. So we don't know. Or Listen to Adam Schiff. He knows everything about Russia. He never lies. He's got information that we're not privy to. So you got to listen to him. So we don't know that this exists. And so they'll just revise it a little bit to say wherever it, it well, came it's, from. This is the political version of the entertainment world uh, that I inhabit more, although uh, my history with Abby goes back 25 years to when uh, I 
uh, we both successively represented Gary Condit. But the what's going on here is there is a criminal calculation, criminal defense calculation by Abby Lowell. There is the political calculation, which I'm sure is by the people who are uh, surrounding them. So you're always going to have a refinement of this or that. But Abby's first goal is, look, I've got to do something. We've got uh, information, presumably, that they're worried about that isn't just embarrassing. Because if it were just embarrassing, you'd keep your head down. You know what I mean? But if there's information on there that you think is gives you uh, peril from the government, and I could speculate, but I I want to do that. It's on there. Yeah, <laughs> it's on there. It's it's a right. lot of deals with a lot of really bad nations and a so lot of money. If there is information that you're worried about that is going to, in the hands of a prosecutor, be a linchpin for a prosecution. You need to have you need to assert to the degree necessary that you can challenge the government's possession of this material and try to exclude it. As you say, try to suppress it. That's what's happening. Well, we've come to the end of our time here. Hard out, Gargus has really earned his name. The soft tacos will be later on in the evening. But first, <laughs> all business. I'm going to be in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, at the uh, Palm Beach Improv. That'll be uh, February 16th. Order some pretzel rolls uh, for get me. Get some pretzel rolls. Uh, they named them after you, I think, now. It's the Mark Gargos <laughs> pretzel roll. Also, uh, February 17th, 18th, Baltimore, McGoobies, Joe Cass will be there. Just go to amcurl.com for all the live shows. What do you got, Mark? Well, Grand Central, if you're in your New York City, stop by Prova Pizza. I recommend the garlic nuts. They're not bad at all. Yeah. If you're over at uh, Dirty Taco, the duck skin taco, try it. Oh, it's, uh, sounds good. Yeah. Oh, my God. And if you're in L.A., stop by uh, Engine Company 28, either downtown or at the airport. So, till next time, Adam Carolla for Mark Hardout. Soft Taco Gargo saying, Bahala. Thanks for listening to Reasonable Doubt. Tune in next Saturday for an all-new episode. is Corolla Digital. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. In 1973, the New York City Police Department created a hostage negotiation team. It's not up against the gun. It's up against the man's mind. When you're defusing a human bomb, it's the same as when you're taking apart a real bomb. If you skip a step, it's going to blow up right in your face. Talk to Me tells the high-stakes true story of the world's first hostage negotiation team. It changed policing forever. Talk to me.